Hi, Adrian. How are you? Hey, Josh. I'm doing really well. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I've been really enjoying this uh, note-taking thing that I, I think we talked about the your gift, the gift stuff. Yeah, for the, the our our holiday gift episode. Um, yes, the remarkable, right? I did not go with the remarkable. No, Which one I did went you with the with? super. I went with the super note. Oh, the super note. What do you love most about it? Um, honestly, like I've been finding just, just, uh, I would say like peripheral use cases for it. One of them is like on these types of calls and podcast types of things. Cause instead of the click clack typing, because I might have notes or thinking of things while we're, while we're discussing and I can like write them without interrupting and without just like hitting a mute button, doing all those types of things. So, um, that's been a fun little, little discovery that, uh, I've, I've been able to venture a bit with. So. Very cool. So you're not being rude. You're paying attention. You're giving us the, the one-on-one that we need, which I think brings us to the topic of today's episode. So Josh, tell us what's on your mind today. Well, oh, for listeners that haven't joined us, what are they here? Yes. What's, what, are we, what are we doing here? Well, we are Marketing Retro, Josh and Adrian, here to talk about all of the various marketing topics that are on my our minds. And Josh, which one's on your mind? What is on your mind this week? So yes, uh, what's on my mind this week is I've been just, I've been thinking about all the people I work directly with. And like what I love about those relationships is just being able to, I wouldn't say finish each other's sentences, but have a routine and a cadence and all of these types of things. And I'm also looking to bring on another person that would I'd be working directly with on the marketing front um, versus product and ops and all these other areas of the business that I have. And I was just thinking, like, how long does that take? Because it's been a while since I've had a new direct report. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, I it's gone in different ways for me with different people, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on like how long that takes to kind of get that, like, I don't know, synergy or that, that, that close knit uh, type of cadence that and mesh. working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can vary pretty greatly depending upon personalities and like the responsibilities you're asking them to take over. What I've seen that is if you're asking someone to almost copy paste yourself, to replace Mm -hmm. something actively you are doing, like your brain, a part of your brain you need to delegate, that takes a lot longer than if you're asking someone to just come in and become their own person and bring their own strengths and their own knowledge base and execute kind of without the expectation that they're going to do it like you. So for instance, if you have a VA or a ghostwriter or someone like that who you're like, I need you to be me when I'm not around, um, that can take a long time. I think that can take like six months. Ooh. But then on the other hand, if it's someone like a direct report or someone who's able to execute on their own, that still takes a while, but I don't think it would take as long. I love that. I love that nuance and breakdown of that. Cause it's, that's really a, a key thing of how those I think are separated. And I think it's a challenge for a lot of founders cause they may not know what they want, right? Like they may, yeah. they may say, I want a person like, and that's probably a, a, a good question to ask them. Do you want it to do it? Do you want me to do it like you? <laughs> or do you want me to 
do it how I want to do it and, uh, or how I'd like to do it type of thing. Like, are you getting me to do the expertise part? Like, I know this, I know this section, I know this playbook, I, I bring my own playbooks and I'm going to execute them. And we have to figure out how we're going to communicate and work together and at what level, or yeah. do you want me to take over and do exactly what you want me to do or how you want it and, and whatnot? And it's a very different ask. It is. And it's a different person. So it should honestly, that starts in the hiring process, really, as the founder, as the person hiring, you should decide, you should know, okay, this person's going to have to replace me, or I'm bringing on an expert. And like, for instance, I am not the best person to be the replacement. I don't like to just do things exactly one, two, three, like I can follow steps. But if you want me to do it the way you want to do things, I'm probably not the best person to do it. If you say this needs to get done, I'm the best person to do it. And you don't necessarily care how it gets done as long as it gets done to a high quality standard. I'm your girl. Like that's what I can do best. But I don't really love to be, uh, you know, what is what do they call it? Like when you're, they nitpick management, it's like uh, micromanaging. I don't, yeah, micromanaging. Yeah, I'm right. not micromanaged very well, which is probably why I'm a solo consultant and don't like work for a manager. Um, but yeah, make that nuance. But it's and it's okay. There's no wrong or right, right? Like sometimes in a business, you need someone who can stand in as you when you can't. Like that. That's that is a need, and there's a value for someone who can do that, who can be that person and uh, execute the way you need it to be executed. And then there's also the value in the person who can say, okay, I know exactly what you need and I'm going to run, like you said, run my own playbook or be my, run it in the way that makes sense to me. Um, but being able to get to know somebody, because when you're working with someone, you have to learn, it's just like any relationship. You have to learn, um, you know, what kind of things, how do they communicate? What ways do they ex like, how do they want to receive feedback? How do they want to, um, how do they feel appreciated? Is it through saying like public affirmation or is it private? Um, it's a lot of like love language and, and relationship building, just like any other kind of intimate relationship would be. Right. Yeah. I, I really want to dig into like two areas you said, but maybe we'll hold that, that, <laughs> so the two areas, and I think we'll hold one maybe for another episode, which is these different levels and expectations. Cause I do think that's really interesting, especially coming from you from a strategist standpoint, mm -hmm. it's like, that's even another layer and, or a peer bringing in a peer, what do you expect of them and that type of thing. So that might be a whole other episode. Um, but I think I love the distinction you brought cause that, that nuance is, is really important. But if we're getting a little more to that, like high level piece of how, what does it take? Cause you said, it's like, learn the love languages, learning, tendencies or understanding what people like and don't like. And, and I almost see it as there's, there's always adjustments to be made, mm -hmm. right? No one is perfect in terms of can read each other's minds. And I love that quote. If you've seen that one that says like, do if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Mm. Have you heard that, right. Even I think you've heard that before. Yeah. That sounds good. I like it. And it, it, it's kind of that one of those things is like, especially as you go from a single founder or a single marketer doing everything, you're going fast because you load it all into your head and you're just moving. But once you add another person, you do have to slow down and you yeah. have to go, you have to check, like, are we on the same page? Are we both, you know, there has to be a content brief. There has to be like a, 
let's make sure we're talking the same language. Are we, and also how do you like to work? Is it, are you asynchronous? Are you, would you prefer to hop a call? No, I don't want to hop on a call. Like I, I, I'm, I can be async, but I don't want to be on video. Like there's all these little things that, and nuances. And I think for different people, some of them become non-negotiables, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe schedule and, and, you know, people that maybe just never want to be on video. And if someone that really wants to be on video, especially in a remote environment, that might be a non-negotiable. And figuring that stuff out earlier, I think you're going to be able to have a better kind of working relationship. Yeah. And it's important to identify and think through those details at the very beginning. Um, you know, like there, the video thing is huge. There are people who, for me, for instance, um, while video is very draining, I feel very disconnected if I'm not on video. I really need to be, um, to see the people I'm talking to, to be able to engage, to look at facial expressions. I really feed off of a crowd. Um, I actually do better in person even than, uh, over zoom, but you know, being, the state that it is. This is where we're at. Um, but then there are other people who video, they just can't, like it would take everything out of them. So they're not going to be the type of, uh, partner or employee or consultant who wants to come in and have a video call. And, you know, those kinds of little nuances are important to get really clear on at the very beginning, rather than stumbling upon them. It's like the, the, the expectations. And sometimes, Um, communicating expectations are really challenging because it for yourself is just a default. And if you don't think about what is someone else thinking, what is someone else's perspective, you just kind of assume people's expectations are similar to yours and that causes issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like that we've covered like mediums, right? Chat, maybe email, live video, asynchronous video, all these different ones, because those are like modes, right? Like modes of operation yeah. and people's different circumstances in their lives, their personality base, introvert, extrovert, like give energy, uh, you know, absorb energy, different types of things. I think those all factor in. Um, some other variants I've thought about it too, is like the timing and the frequency and like mm. cadences and things like that. Cause I think some, some of those things could change if it's, do you want to have a video call every day or do you want to have a video call? Like I can do once a week and that yeah. matters and I can get that, that nuance and I can get that expression and that feeling of connection on a once a week basis. But maybe that's too, too long for a certain person in a relationship in a type of working relationship versus like, you don't want to do a daily one. That's, that's draining, but they, they, it, it matters for both sides. So those are some ways to kind of vary those different mediums. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think of that? What, what types of experiences do you have, especially for you, you work with a lot of different people. Like yeah. I work with the same people <laughs> most of the time. And I try to really hone that and get down to where both parties are like operating at a good clip and have a good balance of that, that connection. But you, you get, you have to go into these, like situations where you don't know. I mean, you have first calls. Like, so how how does that work for you? Yeah. So it really requires me to be flexible, which is fine by me. I don't mind being flexible. Um, 
I give clients, especially when we're doing larger, like market research type projects that take two months, three months, sometimes even six to nine month type engagements, um, the option, like, do you want to meet once a week over a call? So I can kind of give you the debrief of what we've learned, what's happened that week. Some of them are like, yeah, that would be great. And sometimes that's the part that builds the trust. So sometimes we do that for four or five times and then they're like, oh, you know, oh, I've actually got another meeting this week. Can we skip? Oh, you know, and so the longer we work together, maybe we end up having fewer meetings and those what were once Zoom meetings now get turned into an email update, that kind of thing. But it's always content, my client led, right? Like, so I don't bail out. I'm not going to change the cadence. That has to be something that comes from them um, and what their availability and they're comfortable with. Some of them are like, absolutely not. I have so many meetings. You know, I'm working with CEOs. I'm working with, you know, VPs. So for them, it's like, just give me a bullet pointed email. That's all I want. I just, just want some bullet points, highlights for the week, and we're going to move on from there. Um, You know, so I allow the clients to lead it, which is fine by me, but I also give them like two choices. It's either a Zoom call or it's an email update. So some of them are like, well, can we add you to the Slack channel? No, I'm not. I have, wait, that's too many. I've got too many clients. Mm -hmm. That's too many modes of communication. Uh, It will get lost. So that's kind of where I have to say that's not actually the best form of communication for me. So if they want written, it's email. If they want a meeting, I don't do phone meetings either. Like I'm not going to talk to you on my cell phone. Um, We're either going to do a non-video, which is fine, or a video Zoom. Um, And hopefully in the near future, we can start doing like in-person meetings and that would be Mm -hmm. fine too. Uh, But it really is a matter of me being flexible and then also kind of giving options. Like you've got one or two things, which one do you prefer? Um, and they get to choose. I like, I like that. Cause you're also, by you giving options, you're setting limitations as well, right? It's not just like you mentioned the first and foremost, you're, you are flexible within a reasonable set, right? right. Because you are dealing with multiple clients. You can't be in everyone's Slack channel. I can't right. imagine what that would be like for you. So, <laughs> so. then the reason I know it doesn't work is because I've tried it. I, you know, there've been points in consultancy work where I'm like, absolutely. Whatever the client want was totally fine. Like, yes, you're going to pay me. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Um, and you quickly learn that's not a great way to build a business and it be sustainable for you. So being in, you know, eight different Slack channels and then each Slack channel having different channels that I'm added to, you know, cause you're in product, you're in marketing, you're in like the VP executive one. And then you've got a personal chat with the CEO and, it, it became like things were getting lost and it just became too much. So I was like, email, if we're doing text, Zoom calls, if we're not. So um, really clear, simple ways to communicate. And then they get to choose the cadence. Does once every two weeks work for you? Does once a week need to work for you? Um, but that way, I think you're giving people the freedom to be and communicate who they are. And we can quickly build trust and quickly build those kinds of relationships. That's something that I think as a consultant and a solo practitioner, you have to be really good at is like, I need, we need to quickly work together really nicely. So I get real um, granular on level set, like definitions. When you say this, what do you mean? I need you to really clarify Um, mostly because I am working with so many people and inside so many companies that 
the way one person says inbound marketing means something different in a different company. So sometimes I have to ask really dumb questions. Like when you say organic social media, what does that mean to you? Um, Just to get these kinds of things cleared, but it prevents so many problems in the back end and so much confusion. It's that expectation, right? Like I've learned that we can be saying the same words and meaning different things so now I just get real clear on what, what are the words you're saying? Let's, let's get clear about our expectations for each other. Yeah. And I would expect that most of this falls on you as the consultant, right? Like it's up to you to kind of set the ground rules. Cause I'm sure you'll come with people that will just like, oh, you're just a member of my team and kind of just the, their expectations. And, you know, it's up to you to kind of, kind of direct this in a nice manner without necessarily being like. Oh, you're now you're in Adrian's house. This is how I roll, <laughs> like type of thing, right? So, yeah. Um, but and no, there are people that's, that's who cool. run it that way. There are people mm-hmm. who are like, no, I, you know, this is my consultancy. I don't do this. I don't do this, and you know, that's fine. Uh, that's also just not really who I am as a person. Like, I'm very mm-hmm. amenable. I want to make people comfortable, um, but I don't want to make myself sick or strained either. So it's right. it's a big relationship building, right? And it sounds like, so you, you know, one of the items I've thought about with this too, is like you, you're basically conditioned for rituals and these, you Mm -hmm. mentioned weekly different types of things. And I think that that helps and systems, right? Like that's something I think, you know, you and I established pretty quickly because I think we're both very system oriented to a certain extent. Like we have a, a sauna board. Um, and, and I think that was my preference and my pick because I live in a sauna for just about everything. So it's easy for me to change modes and add things into there. Yeah. Um, but also we don't have to have a lot of rapport back and forth over the course of weeks or anything. And we have a, we have sections for episode ideas and we have a little workflow, but it's simple, but we both know where it is. So we know where to put the stuff. It's, we, we can work fluidly and quickly by just ideas pop up in there, whether we're dragging them in the day of the show or three weeks ahead or whatever those are. And, um, you know, I think that's something we've established pretty quickly from a working relationship wise and who does the edits, who does the publishing and all of those pieces. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned Asana and you were like, well, I would prefer Asana because that's where I live. And I was like, that's fine. I am very familiar with it. Product management is another place where I'm really flexible. So I've been in Monday.com running projects, Airtable, Asana, like ClickUp, every single kind of project management system there is, a client uses it. And I'm creating strategies. I'm operating, right? Like we're actually sitting here really getting into high level, but then very granular type stuff. Um, And so I have to be not just familiar enough to like notice a notification, but um, experienced enough to actually use all of the tools, um, you know, and that's where some people are like, no, that I don't, they all have to come to me. Um, you know, maybe this, the consultant only uses Airtable. So everyone, their clients have to then come into Airtable. Um, for my type of projects though, I would have to onboard every stakeholder and some even key operators in a company onto my own job board. And that just never made sense for the type of mm-hmm. work I do. I was like, I would be paying out like corporate level seats for my one consultancy that I might as well just get added to theirs and be really proficient. But it's another part of relationship building. They know that they can trust me to come in and be functional on any of these project management type dashboards. Um, and that's why I was like, yeah, sure. Asana, no problem. I can get in there and do what needs to be done. And then you're comfortable 
it's where you feel at home and it doesn't matter to me either way, one way or the other, I'm fine. Right, right. No, I think, and, and that's helpful to establish those types of things early, like with any of these, right? So, you know, we're often, when back to the top of, I was saying, I was looking for people that, uh, you know, that I potentially could work with. Um, and, you know, those are part of the things I like to put out there early is just, here's here's my MO, here's my modus operandus or whatever that, I think that's the word, right? I yeah. always just say MO. Um how I like to operate, you know, whether it's, you know, over video, whether it's like that type of cadence. So I'm excited to do that and actually try to ask some of those things earlier in the, in the vetting process to hopefully um, find the right person. Cause that's the thing. It's not an interview question. It's really just like a matching. It's a cadence yeah. matching and trying to get to that faster. And if you realize like, regardless of the person's skill set experience and all those things if you can't find that match it's sort of like a non-starter like it's you're right. you're, you're not going to be happy they're not going to be happy if someone's bending over further than another person and and you're going to end up like okay i don't it doesn't matter how skilled you are or how great your strategy is if we're not you know communicating or we're both not in a you know place we are like okay with being adaptable in um then then it's not going to really work very well. Exactly. And I think that's where sometimes, and I I know culture fit gets a bad rap. Like that can kind of be what people use for any generic reason not to bring someone on, but it kind of would explain like this, what we're talking about. If someone Mm -hmm. says, you know, well, you're just not a culture fit. Maybe that could mean we need to be on zoom uh, video once a week. And you express that you didn't want to be. And now while you know, maybe, I don't know if it's not legal. I don't know what all the laws are or like <laughs> that, but it could be a reason enough. If the CEO is like, I have to function in this way. It's I've built this company. This is the only way I operate. Uh, you have all the skill set, but you don't operate the same way I do. I can teach someone your skill set. I can't teach someone to be comfortable on zoom video. There are just some things that are just inert personality traits, um, you know, that are really important. And I think, Earlier, you mentioned operationalizing our like our systems and our routines. That is also a huge part of building those consistent relationships with clients and um, probably even with your own employees. Like I know on Thursdays, I do client meetings so I can be booked, um, you know, and I let them know, like, I want to make it where, yeah, we have one meeting once a week, but we know that it's every Thursday at two o'clock. So there's no surprise. You set it in your calendar. Um, it's just blocked off for me and for you. If we were to just every Monday, we would try to find time in our schedules to meet. That would be chaos and would never work for me. Like it has to be systemized. It has to be repeatable. Um, and I think that makes it easier for my clients as well. Yeah, no, I I love that your point about the culture fit thing because it could be labeled as that, right? And that's those are the times where I see and and I I kind of eye and I don't really say much, but if if someone you know is complaining on social media or something like that, and they're like, they just don't see me, they don't understand, and it's sort of like, well, I don't, you don't, no one knows all the details of that type of thing, but you know, you might not have gotten the job because of that, but that doesn't mean you're less. It doesn't mean you're unappreciated or all these other things. It just means you didn't match. And that's like something that comes up with us a lot sometimes where let's even just say, um, you know, 
let's say a salesperson and salary is like, well, our unit economics don't allow us to have, it's not to say you aren't worth that. It's not to say, but it, it is a byproduct of the, how much the LTV of that product is. So like your yeah. sales comp can match that, but it's not saying you're, I'm, you know, if you don't get a job here or I can't give you X salary doesn't mean that I don't value you. It just means you're not, like it doesn't fit here and that's okay. And that should be okay too. So you right. see people railing on those on like employer side stuff. I just don't say anything because I know I'm in the minority. It's not worth like trying to right. dip my neck into any of those types of things. But, you know, I, I, I wish people could have that type of conversation, but I also know that not everyone can, can see all those angles and, or even can express them. Right. So it yeah. may not even be about that. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. Like you've said before, it's just the match. And so I know it, I mean, it can feel like you're being rejected for whatever the thing may be, um, but it's just giving you an opportunity to go find your better match. Right. right. And preventing you a lot of heartache in the future. Honestly, it would just be miserable if you were to try to force yourself into working with someone who thinks, behaves and demands and has different expectations than you do. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I hope that everyone on both sides like goes into those types of things, looking to, for those, those uh, pieces and match pieces. Cause I think at the end, those are where everyone is going to be in a happier place on either side of, of these relationships. Yep. You're going to thrive. Cool. All right. Well, thanks Adrian. Thank you, Josh. Have a good day. You too. Bye.